0: Well, good morning High Life and uh, welcome to our service this morning. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, we're going to get into the Word but before we do that, let us have a word of prayer. Father, uh, we're always thankful for your presence. Thank you. Thank you because you are in us and we're in you and in one another. Thank you because our fellowship is with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit and with one another. Thank you for this mystical union um, that uh, we have. The, the secret, the mystery of the Gospel which is Christ in us one with us, and and us one with him, and him one with us. For the Bible says that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit uh, with him. Uh, So Lord, we we just give you thanks for the unfolding revelation uh, that you are making available to us through your Holy Spirit uh, in a way, O God, that is is transforming our lives uh, into a practical, uh, functional application in the way we live uh, and the way we operate as sons of God in the earth. So Lord, as we spend a few minutes in the Word, we ask that you light our candles enlighten our darkness holy spirit rest upon us calm us the spirit of wisdom uh, for revelation in your knowledge Uh, lord thank you in jesus name we pray amen 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 um i trust you've been uh reviewing the material um that we've been covering over the last few months talking about the the anatomy and operation of the new creation Uh, and this is uh, uh this is meditation material uh that's that is uh, that we're meant to uh, feast on, uh, that will change. You know, meditation results in a transformation, a change of form. Uh, Metamorpho is the process that um, a, a caterpillar goes through to become a butterfly or a tadpole goes through to become a frog. Uh, so it's not just understanding certain facts. As we assimilate these truths through meditation, um, there's a reconstitution that takes place in our inner man. And we begin uh, our, our, our external... Uh, man or as right to say our, our soul uh, begins to take on the form of the life in, of the spirit and and our body begins to respond to that. So we've been changed from the inside and we are we are being transformed from the inside out. That life of the sun that is in us uh, begins to absorb the soulish life and and begins to uh, uh, get transmuted through the soul and to the through the body and. Um, so as we, uh, you know, so these, these uh, foundational uh, redemption truths are the diet uh, that we need for that transformation uh, to take place. Um, so I'm ending the series now uh, with a three part, uh, just a short three part uh, series where uh, I'm talking about, I'm going to be talking about the dispensation of sons, the dispensation of sons. Uh, the dispensation of sons Or I could, um, you know, also give it a title, um, The Threefold Dimension, uh, The Threefold Dimensions of Sonship. The Threefold Dimensions of Sonship. Uh, Let's start by uh, reading Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 11. Uh, Speaking about the Lord, he says, And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, and some with grace to be prophets, and some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors and some with grace to be teachers and their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their works of ministry as they do this uh, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ these grace ministries these grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness in faith or in the faith until we all experience the fullness Of what it means to know the Son of God and finally we become one perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed in the abundance of Christ and then our immaturity will end and will not be easily shaken by trouble nor led astray by novel teachings or by false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies but instead will remain strong and always Uh, sincere in our love as we express the truth all our direction and ministries flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him the anointed head of his body the church for his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one and every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all and as these gifts operate effectively throughout the body we are built up and made perfect in love, so the Lord has equipped His body with what He calls grace ministries. Uh, he's called some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. Now, the function of these ministries is uh, to uh, for us to grow up into Christ. Okay, uh, for us to grow up into Christ, who is the head. So, you could say that the grace ministries are not an end in themselves, they're a means to an end. Um, The the, the grace ministries are there to equip us or help us in our growth into Christ, okay? In our growth into Christ. Um, uh, When you think about the other, like the gifts of the Spirit, for instance, in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, that talks about the nine manifestations of the Spirit, uh, the bible says that the the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all uh, the, the spirit manifests through the utterance gifts and the power gifts and the uh, and the revelation gifts um, to to bring us uh, benefit as we grow in Christ growing into Christ now what does growing into Christ mean yeah what does growing into Christ mean Ephesians 4 says that, uh, we're, we're growing into the head for we are his body, okay? Uh, and we've, we've, we have examined the fact that we are one with Christ. Um, he that is joined to the Lord, he that is in union with, with the Lord is one spirit with him. So our growth is into our identity as Christ. Our growth is growing into our identity as Christ. Now, what does that mean? Is it merely to know more about the Lord, to know more about um, how he operates? No, it's much more um, fundamental than that, because who he is, is who we are. Okay, who he is, is who we are. So all the work of the Spirit, all the grace ministries are there to reveal to us who he is, so that we can see who we are and function as he functions if you look at romans eight sixteen, it says for the holy spirit makes god's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being you are god's beloved child and since we are his true children we qualify to share all his treasures For indeed we are heirs of God himself and since we are joined to Christ we also inherit all that he is and all that he has we will experience being co-glorified with him provided that we accept his sufferings as our own so we see from here that the function of the work of the holy spirit and all these grace ministries is to equip us yeah so that we experience being co-glorified with him yeah for as it says all that he is and all that he has belongs to us as our inheritance so we're growing in the experience of who he is so that we function in the same capacity all that he is And all that he has is part of our inheritance. Now, let us look at Christ and look at the dimensions that Christ operates in. Because those are the dimensions, the functional dimensions that the Spirit of God is growing us into. Okay, The functional dimensions he's growing us into. So it's not just about knowing more about the Lord, but operating all that he is and all that he has and experiencing being co-glorified with him. Okay, what does being co-glorified with him mean? What, 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 what is, uh, how, how, how does he operate? In what dimensions does Christ operate that we are meant to experience the same as we grow up into him? okay. Into him as one with him and as heirs and co-heirs joint heirs with him now there are three functional dimensions that Christ operates in okay and those are the three dimensions we're going to look at and those are the three dimensions that I believe that the Spirit of God is growing us into the three dimensions are the prophet the priest and the king. The prophet, the priest, and the king. Now, now, this is not to be confused with the grace ministries that are given to the church to equip the church. We're talking about the here, we're talking about the dimensions of sonship. Okay? Not everyone is given a grace ministry uh, to be a prophet or an apostle or a pastor or a teacher or in the help's ministry. Not everyone is given that grace ministry. However, as a son of God, um, we are been equipped and groomed and growing into Christ to operate in these three dimensions because these are the three dimensions that Christ operates in as the king, as the priest, and as the prophet. And we must embrace our identity um, and function in these dimensions, and understand that are growing in God and are growing into Christ, and the equipping of the Holy Spirit is to help us function uh, and uh, and grow in our operation as kings, as priests, and as prophets. Kings, priests, and prophets. So let us. Um, Let us look at uh, Daniel 7 um, today. And, um, you know, the Lord gave Daniel uh, a a prophetic revelation of, you know, just of the, the, the development of this age. And um, so let's look at Daniel chapter seven. I'm going to start reading from, um, from verse one. It says earlier during the first year of King Belshazzar, in Babylon, Daniel had a dream and saw visions as he lay in his bed. He wrote down the dream and this is what he saw in my vision uh, that night. I, Daniel saw a great storm churning the surface of a great sea with strong winds blowing from every direction. These four huge beasts came up out of the water, each different from the others. The first beast was like a lion with eagle's wings. As I watched, its wings were pulled off and it was left standing on its two hind feet on the ground like a human being. And it was given a human mind. Then I saw a second beast and it looked like a bear. It was rearing up on one side and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth and I heard a voice saying, get up devoured the flesh of many people. Then the third of these strange beasts appeared and it looked like a leopard. It had four bird's wings on its back and it had four heads. Great authority was given to this beast. Then in my vision that night, I saw a fourth beast, terrifying, dreadful, and very strong. It devoured and crushed its victims with huge iron teeth and trampled their remains beneath its feet. It was very different from any of the other beasts, and it had 10 horns. As I was looking at the horns, suddenly another small horn appeared among them. Three of the first horns were torn out uh, by the roots to make room for it. This little horn had eyes like human eyes and a mouth that boasted, uh, that was boasting arrogantly. I watched as thrones were put in place, and the ancient ones sat down to judge. His clothing was as white as snow, his hair like purest wool. He sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire. And a river of fire was flowing out, uh, was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministered to him. Many millions stood to attend him. Then the court began its session and the books were opened. I continued to watch because I could hear... The little horns boastful speech. I kept watching until the fourth beast was killed and its body was destroyed by fire. The other three beasts had their authority taken from them, but they were allowed to live a little while longer. As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. I, Daniel, was troubled by all I had seen. My visions terrified me. So I approached one of those standing beside the throne and asked him what it meant. He explained it to me like this. These four beasts represent... Four kingdoms from the earth. You know, in um, in the in the the visions of um, of Daniel, I mean, we see uh, right from the first vision where um, he saw Nebuchadnezzar, um, you know, and um, this this huge um, huge statue that was made up of four parts. Uh, we see the Lord giving Daniel um, just a, a chronicle, an overview of how the the kingdoms uh, would unfold in the earth, uh, starting with um, the Babylonian kingdom and uh, the Medes and the Persians, and then uh, we have the the Greeks and then the Romans. Okay, um, and. Um, So he said here he said these four beasts represent four kingdoms that will rise from the earth but in the end yeah now he says in the end the holy people of the Most High will be given the kingdom and they will rule forever and ever now just looking at that um, looking at that uh, vision we see from the vision that after the four beasts were destroyed um, there was someone like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven and he approached the ancient one and he was given authority, honor and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation would obey him. But when Daniel was given the interpretation of who that person was, um, yes that person is Christ but who is Christ? Who is Christ that is given off all authority over every nation and every people and every dominion? Who is Christ? He says, in the end, the holy people of the Most High will be given the kingdom and they will rule forever and ever. So this kingship authority is going to be given or has been given to Christ. But Christ is the head and his body. Christ is the head and his body. Let's continue. It says, then I wanted to know the true meaning of the fourth beast, the one so different from the others and so terrifying. It had devoured and crushed its victims with iron teeth and bronze claws, trampling their remains beneath its feet. I also asked about the ten horns on the fourth beast's head and the little horn that came up afterward and destroyed three of the other horns. This horn that had seemed greater than the others and it had eyes and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly. As I watched, the, this horn was waging war against God's holy people and defeating them. Until the ancient one, the most high, came and judged in favor of his people. Then the time arrived for the holy people to take over the kingdom. The time arrived for the holy people to take over the kingdom. Then he said to me, the fourth beast is the fourth world power that rule the earth. It will be different from all the others. It will, defour, it will devour the whole world, trampling and crushing everything in its path. It's ten horns at the ten kings that will rule that empire. Then another king will arise, different from the other ten, um, who will subdue three of them. He will defy the Most High and oppress the holy people of the Most High. He will he will he will try to change their sacred festivals and laws, and they will be placed under his control for a time, times and half the time. But then the court will pass judgment, and all his power will be taken away and completely destroyed. Then the sovereignty, power and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be given to the holy people of the Most High. His kingdom will last forever and all rulers will serve and obey him. This was the end of the vision. I, Daniel was terrified by my thoughts and my face was pale with fear, but I kept these things to myself. Our growth... The work of the Holy Spirit in growing us up into him. One dimension of Christ is king. Christ is king and he's growing his people as kings. He's growing his people as kings, co-heirs with Christ. As we see here, the kingdom is being handed to Christ which is synonymous with saying it's been handed to his people so what is what are the implications of this understanding it means that um, the Holy Spirit is um, as our mentor the seven spirits as our mentors are grooming us specifically um, to Uh, operates or to grow in operation in the dimensions of kingship priesthood and the prophetic okay Um, that is the function that is what growing up into him means okay and and this uh, obviously impacts um, what is important to the Lord um, in terms of our lives because our lives are not just about us um, being comfortable but it's about, you know, fulfilling the mandate of being conformed to the image of his son. So let's look briefly at how the training of the Lord or the training of the Holy Spirit, um, um, you know, uh, uh, comes through in us, being, in us growing as kings. Um, let, let us start with um, Matthew 28. In Matthew 28, we see in verse 18, then Jesus came close to them and said, all the authority of the universe has been given to me. Now, none of us will contest that. It says, all the authority of the universe has been given to me now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit and teach them to faithfully follow all that i have commanded you and never forget that i'm with you every day even to the completion of this age all the authority of the universe has been given to me now go in my authority what authority is that all the authority of the universe the way we're going to disciple nations is through the exercise of the authority of the universe the exercise of the authority of the universe it's not going to be by negotiating it's not going to be by convincing it is going to be through the exercise of the authority of the universe we will not be successful any other way so the spirit of god is opening our eyes to who christ is so that we can understand who we are if he's grooming us as kings um then we would have to function the way christ functions as a king christ functions as a king through the exercise His authority that has been given to him, that same authority has been given to us. And we will function, we will only function effectively through the exercise of that authority. You know, in Ecclesiastes, in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 4. Speaking about the word of a king, let me read it from the New King James Version. It says, Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say, what are you doing? Where the word of a king is, there is power. The the, uh, New Living Translation says, His command is backed by great power. No one can resist or question it. Okay? So the authority of the king, Which has been conferred to us it is only through the exercise of that authority that we will reign as kings in this life okay so he's grooming us in the exercise of authority our prayers the 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 way our prayers function is very is meant to be very different from the way Prayers functioned in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we have been given exceeding great and precious promises, that through them we will be partakers of the divine nature. All that God has, has already been given to us. And what we are doing is growing in knowledge and understanding of what what is ours, so that we can exercise that authority in the expansion of his kingdom. It is not a case of all of us imploring the Lord to do things on our behalf. It is a case of us understanding his will. And like Jesus prayed in Luke 11, praying that his kingdom, his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Releasing through the exercise of our authority, through the exercise of the power that's been given to us, terraforming this age, uh, according to God's will. Look at Luke ten. Luke ten nineteen. These are kingly dimensions. In Luke ten nineteen it says, Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. That's a conditional statement. Understand this. It begins with Revelation. Okay, Jesus is not going to come to fight the devil for us. He says, understand this. I have imparted to you all my authority there's no authority that christ has that he hasn't given to us i've imparted to you all my authority to you will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power satan possesses absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority so the work of the holy spirit in growing us into the Christ kingly dimension is to teach us that we have his authority and show us how to exercise it because it says here that absolutely nothing will be able to harm you if you walk in this authority it's all about the exercise of the authority yeah um where the word of the king is, there is power. It is as we exercise that authority that Satan gives way; that the 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 construction of you know the the of the satanic um, you know operations against us will be dismantled. The exercise of his authority of the authority of Christ speaking his word, standing and declaring uh, the will of God. And resisting the devil through the declaration of God's will and his counsel. But that can only be done as we exercise it. As we come from an, from a proper understanding that all his authority has actually been given to us. That we no longer need Christ to exercise authority on our behalf because we already have it. We already have it. The last thing I'll share on this, and these are just snippets for us to, to meditate on and, and understand that these are things that he's growing us into. He's growing us into um, exercising the authority that is ours, yeah? Um, through understanding that everything has already been given to us. That is what he's growing us into. The, um, if you look at Proverbs 25, verse 2, it said, God conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place of his glory but the honor of kings is revealed by how they thoroughly search out the deeper meaning of all God says. Read that again. He said, God conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place of his glory. But the honor of kings is revealed by how they thoroughly search out the deeper meaning of all that God says. You know, the, 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 the father... I mean, dwells in a secret place. I mean, the Bible talks about, um, you know, the Lord dwelling in clouds of darkness. Uh, Darkness speaking about mystery, that which is not revealed yet. Um, And he conceals, um, in in fact, the New King James says that it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. There are things that are hidden and they're not hidden from us. They are hidden for us to discover. You know there are secret things that will be revealed to sons, um, and it is it is it is part of our kingly um, mandate to search out these secret things and bring them from the realm of mystery into the realm of revelation. Yeah. So the the spirit of God, um, you know well, I mean, Jesus did say that he doesn't cast his pearls before swine. He's not calling us swine, but the, the, the Spirit of God is grooming us to be, you know, intelligent investigators into the mysteries of the universe. There is nothing in the universe that is hidden from us, Um, but everything has been hidden for us. And he's inviting us to come and search out these things. Everything is open to the people of God, but... It is in our kingly dimension that we lay hold of these things. And a king is groomed to search things out, recognizing that every inheritance of the Father belongs to us. So so the Spirit of God in, in grooming us and growing us into Christ is growing us into a people that investigates, that search out, that understand the way things work in the Spirit, in the uh, in, 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 uh, that understand every aspect of the operations of the kingdom of our Father, because that kingdom is the kingdom that we are ruling, that we will rule with Christ for all eternity. Yeah. So it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the honor of kings to search these matters out. And that is why often the Lord only responds when we ask. He only gives wisdom when we search. It is as we meditate and as we chew on the truth and we, we press in that the door is open to us. yeah. Um, that, that is how it happens. It is as we, as we, as we engage uh, the realm of the spirit and we engage um, the, the secrets of God that they are open to us. Yeah? That is the, the pathway of kings and that is the mentorship that the spirit of God is taking us through. I trust you've had some insights today as we begin to uncover the three dimensions of sonship, the king, the priest, and the prophet. Thank you for joining me and look forward to having a time with you next week. God bless. High Life, we advance.